What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. Today, we are going to talk about the AT&T, quote AT&T, service outage that started a couple of days ago. But if you actually look into it, a lot of other systems and infrastructure were down. Like, for example, I work at a grocery store as the keeper of books, and... Our pharmacy was down for two days. We couldn't fill prescriptions or even get prescriptions from our patients' doctors. So there's a big-ass rabbit hole we need to explore on that subject. We also need to talk about an NHS whistleblower who says they were ordered to, quote, euthanize patients to falsely increase COVID death counts, which, not a shocker, if you've been fucking paying attention at all, not a shocker at all. (laughs) We are also going to talk about several false flag attacks, like admitted false flag attacks, and not just from the U.S. government, but from governments around the world, which should really make you uh, sit the fuck back and be like, oh, wow, maybe I shouldn't be trusting anything these dumb fucks say. Hmm. (laughs) So sit back, get ready for this. Let's start with the official statement from AT&T. Because they're saying the outage was not, definitely not, caused by a cyber attack. Hmm. What they're saying is the hours-long outage to its U.S. cell phone network Thursday appeared to be the result of a technical error, not a malicious attack. Apparently, this outage knocked out cell phone service for thousands of people across the U.S. starting early Thursday before it was restored. AT&T blamed the incident on an error in coding but of course did not elaborate. This is a direct quote from AT&T. Quote, based on our initial review, we believe today's outage was caused by the application of an incorrect process used as we are expanding our network. Not a cyber attack. (laughs) Never fear, guys, because the Federal Communication Commission contacted AT&T about the outage. The Department of Homeland Security and the FBI were also looking into it. And that's according to National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. And don't worry, guys. They totally said, like, if they learn anything about malicious activity, they'll respond accordingly. And, you know, we'll totally find out about it and shit. So, yeah, that's like the official story. Um, It kind of did also affect some iPhone users. Apparently, they saw an SOS message displayed in the status bar on their cell phone. And apparently... I guess I don't fuck around with Apple, but that message indicates that the device is having trouble connecting to their cellular provider's network. So just remember that little SOS thing I just told you about, because we are about to go down the motherfucking rabbit hole on this shit. A lot of the NPCs of the world are blaming a solar flare that happened a couple of days ago. The problem with that little theory is the solar flare didn't even affect fucking North or South America. It was on the other goddamn side of the world. So if somebody says solar flare, you should probably just throat chop them a couple times. Just kidding. No violence. (laughs) So after exploring the conspiracy corners of the internet, I've heard multiple people say that they heard from an engineer with AT&T that it definitely was a cyber attack person goes on to say the people at work were talking about it because their company had affiliation with them. So that's just like one of many statements from people that have inside info talking about how this is a cyber attack. And a fun little side note, AT&T is the service the Department of Justice uses. 
So let's take a little trip down memory lane real quick. Remember way back May 24th, 2023, senators were issued satellite phones, offered demonstrations on upgraded security devices. So right there, that kind of tells me that the U.S. government was kind of coming up with a contingency plan should there be a cyber attack specifically directed at government workers. Say like cyber attack happens, fucking phone lines go down, their service goes down. When the senators and government workers have satellite phones, they don't need cell towers. It's bouncing off a motherfucking satellite. Some people may be wondering, like, who would be behind this type of a cyber attack? Well, one of the many rabbit holes to explore with this whole quote-unquote outage is we've had over two divisions worth of Chinese nationals enter across the border, you know, 57,000, and let's say only 10% are plants. That's enough to wipe out the entire power grid and communications grid in one day with enough people left over to take down most of the key bridges and overpasses. In a day, the country would be without any means to communicate or fight back. Unless you're one of those lucky senators or somebody with some foresight and bought yourself a fucking satellite phone. So since we're kind of on the whole subject of these Chinese nationals crossing and this vein of the rabbit hole, People are saying all of these fucking illegal Chinese immigrants that are coming in are a part of a sleeper cell and, you know, just waiting for orders to be activated. Let's talk about a little message that came through on a man's cell phone during the AT&T shutdown. He says he received it from his girlfriend during the shutdown. And there's a picture of it on the Internet. You can find it. And it's Chinese characters. So somebody was kind enough to translate this shit. Let me read it for you right now. Consider the bridge's magnetism ground, and you will be alone in the bridge, calling for an alliance, weeping, knocking on the wall, knocking on the wall, looking forward to expanding, knocking on the dust. The person that translated this does say there was a lot of missing characters, so it's broken and kind of hard to translate properly. But why the fuck would this guy be getting some rando-ass text in Chinese characters? That's what I'm saying. There's so many different fucking veins of this rabbit hole to explore. I could do a fucking four-hour podcast on it. I'm just going to tell you the weird shit that's going on. And if you want, and you should, do your own fucking research and see what people are saying about it. Because there's probably some fuckery going on. Like I was saying earlier, it wasn't just the AT&T cell lines that went down. There was a bunch of other shit that went down, and some of it was briefly talked about in the mainstream media, and some of it wasn't talked about at all. Apparently, there is a grocery store chain owned by Kroger, and their entire field department system had a massive outage on the morning of February 22nd. And not only was it like a fuel thing, it's kind of like what I was saying earlier. Healthcare slash pharmacies across the United States were hit by a cyber attack. And this is an admitted cyber attack. This isn't crazy conspiracy theory. So I was at work yesterday and our lead pharmacy tech came up to me and she's like, you're going to get a lot of complaints about us today because we can't process any prescriptions. Our systems are not communicating properly, so we cannot hand out medication. Which, A, that's fucked up. If somebody wasn't prepared and, you know, they have to, like, fill their medicine once a month and now they can't get their medicine they need, that could be fucking deadly. 
So that's why you should always be prepared and have some backup first aid and medical kits in your house with easy access. This attack didn't just affect California. Southeast Louisiana, there's a huge healthcare system and hospital, and they also had not been able to fill any prescriptions for the last two days. And according to the SEC.gov, United States Security and Exchange Commission, they are reporting on February 21st, 2024, United Health Group identified a suspected nation-state associated cybersecurity threat actor had gained access to some of the change healthcare information technology systems. Immediately upon detection of this outside threat, the company proactively isolated the impacted systems from other connecting systems in the interest of protecting partners and patients to contain, assess, and remediate the incident. So I'm sure nowhere on the fucking mainstream media, nobody's going to fucking dive into this. And like I'm saying, it's not just California. It's not just Louisiana. This shit was nationwide. If a suspected nation state associated cybersecurity threat was able to fuck up our healthcare system that bad, now going on two, three days, imagine if they attacked the power grid or other infrastructure that we use every fucking day and usually don't even think about. Fucking shit is getting weirder and weirder as 2024 goes on. So just to kind of put this into perspective, Change Healthcare handles 15 billion medical transactions per year and is the United States' largest commercial prescription processor. They handle services for 67,000 pharmacies in the world. And a little more context for you, there are 44,900 pharmacy and drugstore businesses in the U.S. and as of 2023. Change Healthcare is the sole prescription service provider for the United States military, and that's globally. Change healthcare services encompass electronic prescriptions, delivery logistics for all types of medical-related products, financials, data handling, insurance claims, storage of electronic medical health records. And according to an AHA report, that's 85 million patients, 25% of the U.S. population. Is it just a big old coinkydink that they also handle the United States military's prescriptions? Hmm. So let's just get a little tally here. We have AT&T, who handles the DOJ cell networks and cell plans. And now we have Change Healthcare, who is the sole prescription service provider for the U.S. military. And it goes a little bit further. So check this shit out. As I was doing research on the subject, I came across a guy on YouTube. His name is JWTV. And he says he has an inside source who works at a sheriff's department. And this sheriff is apparently saying his iPhone got that SOS message that I was talking about earlier. And his phone became completely inoperable. Now, this is his work phone, mind you. And the sheriff goes on to tell this YouTuber dude that specific people were targeted in this cyber attack whether that be government officials, whether that be fucking law enforcement, whatever. That SOS message that people got means your phone was hacked. It doesn't mean, you know, this is just because of a quote-unquote error AT&T made that fucks shit up for days for people. This YouTuber guy also said that his sheriff informant said there are all different type of line workers working on the power lines, working on phone lines. And what he thinks they're doing is installing Faraday cages. 
So I don't fucking know. As a matter of fact, on my way home from work yesterday, I did see a bunch of line work. So I don't know. Coinky dink. You be the judge. Back to the whole healthcare angle of the cyber attack for a second. These are a list of companies that were also affected by this cyber attack. Blue Cross of Blue Shield, MedE America, Alwyn Data Services, and that it will impact a majority of Part B, Social Security, Medicare people, Sentry Data Services, Script Save Retailer, Costco, Priority Health, Prime Therapeutics, Triple Fin, GoodRx, and Cover My Meds. With the amount of companies that are reporting that they are being affected by this, why the fuck isn't this mainstream media screaming about this from the rooftops? That alone makes me like suspect that there's some bullshit going on. Of course there's some fuckery going on. Our government is involved. And apparently, now check this out. This was going down at Eglin Air Force Base. This is coming from their fucking straight up Twitter account. They posted on February 15th. Eglin Air Force Base will participate in an exercise February 19th to March 1st, 2024 to test the base's readiness capabilities. People may experience power outages, limited base services, and delays entering and exiting the base for the duration of the exercise, which is still going on as of right now. That was just kind of reminiscent of when September 11th went down and our fucking military just happened to be testing the capability of fucking fighter jets to intercept planes that were being crashed into the United States. Total kawinky dink again, I'm sure. And if you're trying to talk to some of your NPC friends, there's even a post on Reuters today, and it is corroborating some of the mentioned companies that are having the cyber attack effects, like the healthcare companies. So point them that way if they need a fucking mainstream media article to make them feel better at night. Your lovely NPC friends may also be saying, you know, this is just a small corner of the American healthcare system. And that's not fucking true. I was talking to a person that works IT for a very large nationwide healthcare system. And their entire organization has been placed on 100% lockout on any changes to the IT system for the next several days. It is a lot bigger than some people are thinking. And Due to that, due to the reach of this cyber attack on AT&T, the healthcare system all happening with days, and then the fucking Air Force test, God knows what the fuck those fools are doing, it could seriously impact people. So is this like where shit gets real? Because if you remember a few months ago, FEMA was doing a test on like a huge cyber attack that shuts down the grid. You know, I, I, I talked about it days ago, but they recently just did a drill on it. And you know how they kind of like to tell us what they're going to do before they actually do it. Think Kabobo 2019-2020 type shit. Agenda 2030. So this totally has vibes of that. The World Economic Forum was saying like one of the biggest next threats is going to be a cyber attack. And they're not fucking wrong. So if you think about all these fucking illegals that are coming across the border unvetted and they're coming from all over the world, like China, and they're all military-aged men, you guys. These aren't fucking women and children fleeing from war. It really has to try to, I don't know, fucking phase you, uh, make you think, make you sit the fuck back and wonder what the hell is going on. Who's behind this? It could literally be anyone. This, you know, we're technically like in World War III right now, but nobody wants to fucking talk about that. 
Let's Go Brandon is intentionally trying to destroy the country from within and pass it off as dementia incompetence. So there's a lot of factors of some bullshit going down. And let's just remember back way back when, when I talked about the Deagle report that said in 2025, there was going to be a massive die off of the world's populations. And if our grid system was taken down, like suddenly taken down, people would fucking starve to death within weeks. People would die within days without medication that they need, fresh water, all that kind of shit. I don't know, should everybody go out and get a little fucking satellite phone so you have a way to communicate with people and you can organize and still have access to maps, stuff like that? I don't fucking know. Call me crazy, but I'm definitely considering it. And just a little side note, if you actually go to the conspiracy corners of the internet, there are all kinds of firsthand accounts of people saying that they work for Verizon, they work for this phone company, and they're saying 100% this was a cyber attack. And if they publicly acknowledge it, they would be immediately terminated. It's not just like one or two fucking quote-unquote conspiracy theorists. This is a lot of people a lot of different first-hand accounts. So I don't know, maybe pay attention to what's going on, guys. And if anybody has a suggestion for a good satellite phone that also has like a map feature, hook your girl up on the info. Send me an email at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. It would be much appreciated. All right, you guys, it's change of subject time. Now we're going to talk about some admitted false flag attacks that happened around the world. I'm just going to kind of list some of these for you. And the whole point of it is to get an idea of how fucking slimy and deceptive and straight up evil some governments are. So let's take it back to 1946. The British government admitted it bombed five ships carrying Jews attempting to flee the Holocaust to seek safety in Palestine. They also set up a fake group called, quote, Defenders of Arab Palestine. They then had the false group claim responsibility for the bombing. The CIA admitted that it hired Iranians in 1950s to pose as communists and stage bombings in Iran in order to turn the country against its democratically elected prime minister. The British prime minister admitted to his defense secretary that he and American President Dwight Eisenhower approved a plan in 1957 to carry out attacks in Syria and blame it on the Syrian government as a way to effect regime change. The former Italian prime minister, an Italian judge, and the former head of Italian counterintelligence admit that NATO, with the help of the Pentagon and the CIA, carried out terror bombings in Italy and other European countries in the 1950s and blamed the communists in order to rally people's support for their governments in Europe in their fight against communism. One participant in this formerly secret program stated, quote, you had to attack civilians, people, women, children, innocent people, unknown people far removed from any political game. The reason was quite simple. They were supposed to force these people, the Italian public, to turn to the state to ask for greater security. Hmm, doesn't that sound a little bit familiar? Moving on, in 1960, American Senator George Smathers suggested the U.S. launch a false attack made on Guantanamo Bay, which would give us the excuse of actually fomenting a fight, which would then give us the excuse to go in and overthrow Castro. 
There were a bunch of false flag shit that was planned in those days. And, you know, they wanted to attack Americans, but then blame Cuba so they could enact yet another regime change. Official State Department documents show that in 1961, the head of the Joint Chiefs and other high-level officials discussed blowing up the consulate in the Dominican Republic in order to justify an invasion of that country. The plans were not carried out, but they were all discussed as serious proposals. As admitted by the U.S. government, recently declassified documents show that in 1962, the American Joint Chiefs of Staff signed off on a plan to blow up American planes. Yeah, you fucking heard me right. They also wanted to commit terrorist attacks on American soil and then blame it on the Cubans in order to justify an invasion of Cuba. In 1963, the U.S. Department of Defense wrote a paper promoting attacks on nations within the Organization of American States, such as Trinidad, Tobago, or Jamaica, and then falsely blame it on Cuba. The NSA admits that it lied about what really happened at the Gulf of Tonkin incident in 1964, manipulating data to make it look like North Vietnamese boats fired on a U.S. ship so as to create a false justification for the Vietnam War. I mean, are we seeing a fucking pattern here yet, guys? <laughs> what the fuck? A U.S. congressional committee admitted as a part of the Pro program, the FBI used many provocateurs in the 1950s through the 70s to carry out violent acts and falsely blame them on political activists. The German government admitted in 1978 that the German Secret Service detonated a bomb in the outer wall of a prison and planted, quote, escape tools. On a prisoner, a member of the Red Army faction, which the Secret Service wished to frame the bombing on. In 1984, a Mossad agent admitted that Mossad planted a radio transmitter in Gaddafi's compound in Tripoli, Libya, which broadcast fake terrorist transmissions recorded by Mossad in order to frame Gaddafi as a terrorist supporter. Ronald Reagan bombed Libya immediately thereafter. Senior Russian military and intelligence officers admit that the KGB blew up Russian apartment buildings in 1999 and falsely blamed it on Chechnyans in order to justify an invasion of Chechnya. According to the Washington Post, Indonesian police admit that the Indonesian military killed American teachers in 2002 and blamed the murders on a separatist group in order to get the group listed as a terrorist organization. Senior police officials in Genoa, Italy, admitted that in July 2001, at the G8 summit, they planted two Molotov cocktails and faked the stabbing of a police officer in order to justify a violent crackdown against protesters. Although now the FBI admits that the 2001 anthrax attacks were carried out by one or more U.S. government scientists, a senior FBI official says that the FBI was actually told to blame the anthrax on al-Qaeda by White House officials. Government officials also confirmed that the White House tried to link the anthrax to Iraq as justification for a regime change in that country. Similarly, the U.S. falsely blamed Iraq for playing a role in the September 11th attacks, which we all know was done by the fucking CIA and Mossad. After the 9-11 Commission admitted that, that there was no connection Dick Cheney said that the evidence is overwhelming that al-Qaeda had a relationship with Saddam Hussein's regime and that Cheney, quote, probably had information unavailable to the commission and that the media was not doing their homework in reporting such ties. Former Department of Justice lawyer John Yoo suggested in 2005 that the U.S. should go on the offensive against al-Qaeda 
having, quote, our intelligence agencies create false terrorist organization. It could have its own websites, recruitment centers, training camps, and fundraising operations. Sounds a little bit like ISIS to me and Al-Qaeda. In 2005, United Press International reported that U.S. intelligence officers are reporting that some of the insurgents in Iraq are using recent model Beretta 92 pistols, but the pistols seem to have had their serial numbers erased. Now, I don't mean they were like physically scraped off or removed. The pistols seem to have come off a production line without any serial numbers. Analysts suggest the lack of serial numbers indicates the weapons were intended for intelligence operations or terrorist cells with substantial government backing. Analysts speculate that these guns are probably from either Mossad or the CIA. They also speculate that agent provocateurs may be using the untraceable weapons even as the U.S. authorities use insurgent attacks against civilians as evidence of the illegitimacy of resistance. We can't leave good old Canada out of this, can we? Quebec police admitted that in 2007, thugs carrying rocks to a peaceful protest were actually undercover Quebec police officers. At the G20 protests in London in 2009, a British member of parliament saw plainclothes police officers attempting to incite the crowd to violence. Huh, sounds a little bit like January 6th if you ask me. This next one is pretty telling. Britain's spy agency has admitted that it carries out digital false flag attacks on targets, framing people by writing offensive or unlawful material, and then blaming it on the target. So I'm sure you guys have heard about all these fucking like anti-hate speech laws going down in the UK. Now, just think, these motherfucker, the spy agency decides that you're a target for whatever reason. They hack your shit and post something that is against the law, some illegal shit that can be considered a hate crime. And that's really all it's gonna take to get your ass thrown in prison. Like, how do you defend against that? You would think that, you know, this whole ass spy agency with the backing of a fucking government would be able to, you know, I don't know, clean up its fucking tracks, make it so it's not traceable back to them. How do you defend yourself in court against something like that? So shit is all fucked up. And I know that's a lot of information, but the whole point of reading all of those false flag attacks to you guys is just to get you to think, like, if all of that shit has been admitted by these governments, imagine what has not been admitted by them. Imagine what these psychopaths had done to innocent civilian populations just to further their agenda. Don't put anything past these psychos because I don't think they have a bounds where they would just stop like, oh, nope, we can't do that. That's kind of fucked up. They don't fucking care. They want, get what they want. They want their fucking power, their money, all of that fun shit. And whoever has to suffer or die in the process, oh well, oopsie, collateral damage. Moving along to Florida. Check this shit out. Florida HB1 is a bill to take away anonymity on the internet and it's passed the state Senate by non-veto-proof margin. So let's hear about this fucked up bill. The bill is banning people under 16 years of age from social media and requiring people 16 and older to provide a driver's license or some other form of ID before using social media. This is a bill to force people to use digital IDs that the government can track. Now, I know a bunch of people are all about Ron DeSantis and all that fun shit over there, but this 
fucking bullshit is the step in the direction of digital ID. The bill also defines almost any internet forum as being social media. Kids under 16 will be banned not just from Reddit or Instagram, but from all different types of websites. The bill doesn't just limit the rights of kids under 16. Even if you're 72 fucking years old, you'll have to provide your driver's license to prove your age to use social media. And, you know, you're uploading a fucking official government document. You better hope enough some fucking hackers aren't going in there and then going to steal that information. The bill just passed the state Senate by 23-14 margin. Technically, it has to go back to the state house to be voted on again since the Senate made some extremely minor changes to the bill. And the bill has to pass the two houses of legislature with exactly identical language. But since it passed the House 104 to 13 last time, it's probably going to fucking pass. DeSantis has refused to explicitly say whether or not he'll veto the bill. But he said he thinks the bill might be unconstitutional and that he won't sign the bill unless he's convinced of its constitutionality. So I don't know. Let's hope he actually does veto the bill because it seems like Florida is like one of the last places you can go and not get fucking anally raped by the government on a daily basis. So I don't know, let's pay attention, see what happens over there in Florida with this whole thing. And I'm actually kind of surprised this bullshit didn't start in California. That sounds like something right up Daddy Newsom's alley. Moving on to the whistleblowers that worked in hospitals during the initial stages of the PSYOP known as the Kabobo epidemic. So more and more whistleblowers are coming out and saying basically what we've been fucking talking about now for two years. Hospitals were incentivized to kill. So these fucking criminal pharmaceutical agencies could get their fucking fake ass vaccine fast tracked with the Emergency Use Authorization Act. Fauci got some money. Bill Gates got some money. A lot of people got really fucking rich off this. And I just wonder for like the NPCs of the world that worship Fauci and think Bill Gates is just a swell guy. Why, why do they think that Fauci or Gates never talked about vitamin D or zinc? That, you know, they went straight to let's use fucking ventilators that are killing people. Let's pay these hospitals $50,000 a patient if they use the ventilators. Then they move on to remdesivir, which is so fucking bad. It's so bad bad for your body. Remdesivir increases the risk of death. And this was the only treatment most hospitals would let their patients do. They're like, oh, fuck that ivermectin shit. Remdesivir increases the risk of death by 3%. It increases your chances of renal failure by 20%. It's straight up toxic. Fucking Fauci bought a shit ton of this stuff and it's just been kind of sitting around in American bunkers, I guess, waiting for the PSYOP to go down. I don't fucking know. But why did all of these doctors just toe the line like this? And there are all kinds of studies that show kidney damage associated with the use of remdesivir. A lot, you guys. This isn't fucking like crazy conspiracy theory. You can find these studies on PubMed.gov. Fauci literally said, and I quote, remdesivir will be the standard of care for COVID. Fucking crazy shit. And now I'm hearing a lot about this long COVID and the inflammation in the brain. 
Well, if any of these piece of shit doctors bothered to do any amount of research, they would find that ivermectin may be clinically useful anti-inflammatory agent for late stage COVID-19. But no, they're like fucking Nazis. They just toe the line and do whatever their masters tell them to do. It's fucking disgusting. All right, you guys, that's about it for this episode. My ass has to go get ready because it is a sunny, beautiful day in California and I'm going on a horseback ride. (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Before I get out of here, I have to say what's up to our top three downloading states, which are California, Texas, and Georgia. Michigan is actually tied with Georgia, so what's up, Michigan? As far as our international downloaders, we have Australia in first, the UK in second, Canada in third, and Sweden in fourth. That's what's up, you guys. I appreciate you listening every week. If you have a rabbit hole I should check out, send me an email at vanishinthevalley at gmail.com. I love the rabbit holes. You know this. But until next week, you guys, be aware, and don't forget your fucking pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.